Hey guys, welcome to your next stop. So again, I think every single time the last eight, I have had people that I've connected with Clubhouse, which is just so awesome though, because the level of what people are doing, finding their passion and creating it and doing it are, is just like, it's out of this world. So welcome Monica Ortega. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you for being here. So I want to get into really quickly, just a couple of the things that you're doing and are working on. And then I want you to get into your story. So Monica is the author of the power of pivoting, which just came out correct? Yeah. April 1st. Okay. So April 1st. Oh my God. That's amazing. And as you guys know, this episode won't be out until the fall. So when you're listening to it, you're going to be like, Oh, wait a second, April 1st. (laughs) So yes. So go run and get that. And then, uh, Monica is also a podcast host of stumbling forward and she's a travel host of Monica goes. So I can't wait to get into all of this juicy details and how you got to where you are. So thank you again for joining us and taking the time out of your day. Yeah, of course. I'm happy to be here. Welcome to Your Next Stop. This is Juliet Hahn. I am a wife, mom, virtual coach, public speaker, and crazy obsessed dog lover. I am so honored to be able to take you into the life of someone that has followed a passion. Every week, I hope you are as inspired as I am. Welcome to Your Next Stop. Okay. So Monica, how did you, like, I I can't, it's so crazy because when we met, it was when I was pivoting, right? So I was changing the name of the podcast. I was rebranding and someone said, oh, you have to talk to Monica because she's actually writing on a book of the power of pivoting. And we were in a couple of clubhouse rooms talking about that. So I want to learn about that, but I first want to kind of get a little background of like where you were. Have you ever been in the corporate world? Like how you got to where you are now? you can tell my listeners, that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, never been in the corporate world. I have had nine to five jobs, uh, but I bounced around in the entertainment industry for about 20 years. So I lived in Nashville to sing and write country music. And then I lived in LA doing acting. And then I started hosting my travel show, gosh, almost seven years ago now. So a little bit of everything in that department. And then I've moved a lot. So I was like, I've always been pivoting and changing all of these different things. And so the travel show was going great. You know, I was emceeing big music festivals, getting acting work, and then 2020 happened. Right. So all of those contracts are gone. You know, travel comes to a standstill. And I never really planned on writing a book. I thought, you know, maybe someday I'll kind of tell a little bit of my story of how all of this happened. Uh, but I thought, I'm still in the middle of the story. And then I thought, well, my middle might be somebody else's beginning. And right. all of a sudden, everyone's, you know, dealing with change and they're terrified of this pivoting. And I'm like, well, I've learned to embrace it and there's really good stuff here. So I sat down to write it and I think it was like three weeks later, I had a book and I was like, okay, I guess I had some stuff to say. <laughs> that is unbelievable. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so exciting. And as you just said, you obviously had some stuff to say. So again, I'm going to say, I say this to my listeners all the time. If you have ideas, just like Monica said, she was like, eh, I don't know about it. She sat down and she wrote a book in three weeks. Now, Not everyone can write a book in three weeks, but if you have something on topics like this, right? Like it's a self-help book on topics like this, 
you can create it very quickly. So I urge you to sit down and write your thoughts down because you never know what's going to come out. So I love, oh my gosh, you must've been so excited. I was, I mean, it's crazy. It's been a crazy journey because even a year ago, you know, writing a book was not even on my radar. So yeah, it's been an interesting process of then learning how to publish and market and all of the different things. But I do feel like some of those skills from the travel show came in in that department. But yeah, I mean, I think that that's the important thing that everybody should know is that it doesn't have to be perfect, right? Because wherever you are, the people behind you need the lessons that you have now. So we're never going to get it all right. So there's no point waiting like, oh, I'm going to wait till I know everything. Well, good luck with that. (laughs) (laughs) You're better off just doing it. (laughs) You know, and I always relate that to and motherhood. You have your child and they go through developmental stages and you're like, oh, okay, I got that. And literally right as you get it, they change. And it's like, oh shit. Okay, now I'm learning something else. And so it's the same thing in life. The second you get comfortable in your, what you're doing, something could change. Or what's worse is you could just stay comfortable and not have anything shake you up. And that is my biggest fear. I cannot like that's to me, it sounds terrible just being stagnant and not knowing or not loving what you're doing and just kind of going through the motions. So I love that you said that. I love that you're like, you just have to do it. So give us a little bit, can you give us a little insight into the book and then, you know, continue on your journey? Totally. Yeah. So I would say there's, you know, probably two really big pivots that sort of are the basis for the book. Um, and it really shook my life because I was, I was terrified of change growing up. And then that high school to college transition, I remember I was in a college I hated, I was completely miserable and I ended up going home at the semester, you know, a little depression, anxiety, all of these different things. So one of the big things in the book, it talks about mental health and building out sort of that mental health toolkit so that when those changes and pivots do happen, you have sort of these tools that you can refer to and different things that you can do. But I remember the next time I moved to Nashville and I was told my dad, I said, well, what if it's like Chicago? What if it's terrible? And he goes, then you leave. Right. And it was that simple. And yet I still had this horrible fear of change. And, you know, I kind of thought life was linear. You do high school, college, marriage, babies, all of this. And then I ended up in a very volatile marriage and I felt extremely trapped. It was after, you know, we said the vows that he was like, well, just kidding. I don't want kids anymore. And like all of these things. And I felt like I was extremely trapped. Oh my gosh. And, uh, yeah. So again, it's kind of that note of, look, you can leave, (laughs) but I didn't have that in my mind. And so then it was about four and a half years in. And part of this was like the travel show coming up as my outlet. So there was other stuff going on at the same time, but about four years in, he told me that he'd actually been cheating the whole time. And Oh my gosh. I mean, that's, while it's sad and horrible, I was so miserable that I was like, Oh, thank God I can go. Right. And I mean, I think it was like three weeks later I had an apartment, you know, I was, I was so done. But again, that's that whole, like, I felt like I was trapped. I felt like you have to stay in these situations. These are choices you made. And then after that, my whole world kind of shook. I thought, okay, the plan is gone. The rug's been pulled out. So what do I actually want with my life? So my big goal with the book really is to help people ask those big questions beforehand, before their life blows up, realize you don't have to stay in things. And then there's all sorts of tools in the book to help people learn how to embrace change so that when it does happen, whether it's your choice or not your choice, there can be a lot of good things moving forward. So it's really shifting that mindset and, you know, I mean, life's not perfect since then, but I'm fully awake for it. And I love making the choices to change and all of those things. So I really want to impart that message that it's okay. And we're all going through this with 2020. And there's a lot of good stuff that can come out of it too, if we shift that mindset. Yes. Oh my gosh. And you know what? I love that you said that you're living life now awake. Yeah. 
I actually, I love, like I got the chills. I love that. I love that. And it is, I actually, yesterday in, in an interview, we were talking about how society always is like, okay, you go to school, you graduate high school, you go to college, you get married, you have kids. And I never really followed that. I mean, no, I shouldn't say that. I, I never really was like, okay, that's what I have to do. That is how my life planned out because that's what I chose. Yeah. And that's, what's really important. That is what I chose. I decided I wanted to go to college. I didn't have to, I decided I played sports in college. I did. That's what, that was my journey. And then after that, I went into the workforce. I moved to New York city and I happened a couple years after that, met my husband. I didn't get married right away. Definitely, you know, was like, I need to, to sow oats before I do that. Cause I knew that I didn't want to get married young. Now that I was able to do those things and then have children. And I was very fortunate that we didn't have any issues there and that I was able to stay home with them. Cause that was always a dream to be a stay at home mom. But then now in my life, I was like, okay, I want more. I want more in this chapter, right? I, I've done, I'm still obviously a mom. I still have children and they still need me. As they get older, they probably need you more than they do just in a different way as they're younger. But I was like, I want to give, I know I have talent. I know that there's things that I can offer people and like, like this podcast, like having you come on and just share that story. Someone's listening and you just woke them up. And so I love yeah. that. I love that you just woke them up by saying that and sharing your story, which I know is not always easy. And so I really appreciate you doing that. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's interesting because I, I did want that linear path, but I think the pressure of society pushed me to make those decisions with the wrong person because I felt like it needed to be in a certain timeline. I right. think had I gone, okay, do I actually want to marry this person? It might've been a different story, but because I felt like I'm 29, now is the age I've got to get married. Right. Plus, being in the entertainment world, I had this mindset that I couldn't have both. So I always thought I'll do entertainment, then I'll meet somebody and stop. And so when the entertainment stuff would go well, I would sabotage it and start, you know, dating or being with somebody. And then when the relationship would go well, I'd sabotage it and start doing all the entertainment. So it's taken me a long time to realize like I can have both and there can be space for both and there can be space for all the things you want, maybe just not at the same time. And that's okay. And that's, and again, that is brilliant that you just said that because that is, Again, we don't have to do it all at the same time. And I, I always refer to after I had my first, my first child, my sister also had her first and she was going, she was in uh, corporate real estate. So she was able to work from like do one day a week. And I worked in a an alternative advertising company and I traveled everywhere. It was a lot of work. I worked a lot of hours. I remember being like, okay, I have the opportunity. This is what women are supposed to do now. We're supposed to go to work and be moms at the same time. And in my my head, I just remember being like, I'm going to, I'm not going to be, I know myself because I am very self-aware that I'm not going to do any of it really well. I'm going to do parts of it. And I don't want that. So I remember my sister saying to me, cause I was literally sitting outside with my baby and I was kind of crying to her. I just got off the phone with a nanny who was sounded wonderful. And, um, I said to her, I don't, I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't like my, and I'm very fortunate that my husband was, I was able to stay home, but he also would support me in either of the things that I chose. And I said to her, I, I don't know what to do. And she said, well, what will make you a better mom and wife? And I said, oh, staying home. I, it, I didn't even skip a beat. And she said, well, I think you just gave yourself an answer. And I remember like crying hysterical. Cause I always, I used to babysit. I love children. Like that was like, my dream is to stay at home with my children. That's what I wanted. But society at the time made me feel small for that made me feel like, Oh, you're just a mom. 
And that's not right. So I love that you said that you don't have to do it all at the same time. It's interesting too, because our guts always know. I always say we don't always know if we're going the right way, but we definitely know we're going the wrong way. You know, there was that time when I pulled up to that college, I remember I told my mom, I said, this is wrong. I know that this is wrong. Obviously tuition's paid. You got to kind of at least try it, which I did. (laughs) Uh, But then it was the same thing with the marriage, right? So like, I mean, a week before we were like, are we really doing this? Like if you, if you have to have those questions, maybe you should think about it. (laughs) So you're right. Asking yourself, what do I actually want? And then throwing out what you think you quote unquote should have. I always say should and shouldn't are the worst words in the dictionary. So throw that out and ask yourself what you really want. And your gut will tell you. It's, it's so, it's so true. And that's another thing is, you know, for kids, you know, I have a a soon to be 16 year old and he's like, you know, in school there to asking us what we want to do for the rest of our lives. I'm like, don't listen to that because guess what? You don't really know what you're going to do for the rest of your life. And you shouldn't like, yes, there's some people that do. And that is told there's nothing wrong with that, but you shouldn't decide what you want to do with the rest of your life now. And so just, that's what they have to do in school. The thing that's interesting is I think it's important to know what you don't want to do, as you just said, but you don't like, I know what I don't want to do. I don't know what I want to do, but I know what I don't want to do. And I said to him, that's kind of important. Like, you know, just having an idea of that, but like, you shouldn't know. And that's the thing. I can't believe still this day and age that they're doing that to the high school students. Like, oh, you got to know what you want to do. You got to pick your, your major when you go to college. No, you don't. And stop telling our youth that because that's bullshit. And it's harming, it's harming them. It's really, it's, it puts an anxiety and a stress on them. That's not necessary. Totally. And then it turns into, you know, as adults, I feel like a lot of people, when they change jobs or they lose their job or something, they feel like they're completely lost. But the truth is the average person changes careers seven times in their life. And if you're an entrepreneur, I always say it's probably like 85, but (laughs) for some reason we have this stuck in our head that if we change or if we pivot, or if we decide we want something else or aren't happy in our situation, that we're taking a step backwards. But the truth is we're always moving forwards. You're just taking the lessons that you've learned from the previous things that you've tried when you go into the next thing. And it's always getting you closer to the thing you're supposed to do. But for some reason we have this timeline, this straight line. If you're not going the right way, you're going backwards. Like, no, just fail forward. Totally. Oh my gosh. I love that. You just said that everything, literally everything you said is just so, I mean, I I always in the clubhouse rooms, I always am like, Oh yes, Monica. Yes. Because it's so true because it's so important that people hear that. And this is one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast, obviously, but then I just created, I should say then, but now when people listen to it, they'll, it's going to be a couple months in my workshop. And it is helping those people decide if they like, if they're not happy in their career or they're not happy in life and they feel stuck, I give them the tools to get unstuck and take action and like really be like, okay, I'm going to ask myself the hard questions And you really, you have to, like, don't, you have one life. Don't just go through it. Like, and, and, you know, it it, it breaks my heart when I will talk to women that I coach that are just like, I'm just not happy, but I don't know what to do. Like, you know, and they seem that they have everything, but it's their, you know, they just, they don't feel like they're worthy enough to have a voice. And it's like, you do, you could teach someone something and that's like important. So I love that you said that. Yeah. And I think so often we get, 
you know, when we find ourselves in these moments where things are taken away from us or we decide to change things, it can be really scary and it can be really like confusing and you can feel lost. So I always say, you know, go through the steps that you do at the beginning of any goal, you know, whether it's create the vision board or write out your goals, because it can get you excited for whatever's next, because whatever your goals were before may not serve you anymore. You know, I might've had a vision board that had a husband and kids and a house in the countryside. Well, that ended. Okay. That's really sad, but now let's build one out of, you know, trips around the world and other things that I can do so that I can actually get excited about it and look forward to those things. So there can be sort of this, like going through loss and mourning that, but excitement for what's to come at the same time. I love that. And that's, and that's so true. It is. That is so, so true. So tell us um, a little bit about is the podcast. When did you start that? The podcast, the podcast obviously became before the book or did yeah, it came before the book, but also in 2020. And that was, um, so my producer, who's my best friend for Monica goes. So we travel together and do all of this stuff. And we so actually fun. recorded, I think our first episode was in the car on a road trip. We were like, we have this idea for a podcast. Let's just hit record. So our first one's absolutely terrible, but it's kind of fun because we're like brainstorming what it's going to be. Yeah, Um, that's so cool. And then like two years went by. We didn't do anything with it. And then during the pandemic, she actually contacted me and was like, now's the time. Let's make this happen. And we saw so many different podcasts of all these people that were successful, you know, billionaires talking about how they got there. And I love listening to those success stories, but we thought, what about entrepreneurs that are like in the middle? They can't pay their bills, that their clients have dropped, like that, you know, they don't know how to do a website, all of the confusing things that we go through. Let's talk to them in the middle. So it's been really fun. We've, we've talked to some inspiring people. It's yeah, it's just, it's a passion project. We've had a good time with it. Well, that's the thing. I mean, uh, podcasting is, is really, it's a fun thing. And I love that you did that because it is, it's, you know, when I started and decided in 20, 2021, you know, I started the podcast before in, in 2019, but it was, again, it was more of a, like a, a passion project. It was something for a creative outlet because I wasn't feeling that creative outlet that I, um, didn't realize how much I needed. And then I decided in 2021, I was like, okay, I'm going balls to the walls with this. And that's where the workshop came. That's where the pod and I, it's crazy, the growth, but the middle, the middle is, is hard. It's like, okay, I'm bleeding money and I'm not bringing any money in. However, I know so well that this is something and it's going to be something that I can't, can't focus and I can't stress on that. And so that is the other thing I want people to hear. They might be sitting there and being like, well, I can't do it because I don't have the funds or I can't do it because of this. There are many things that you can do if you look at your, your, like, are you getting Starbucks every day? Are you eating out? There's so many things where you can cut budgets and put it into a business because you do need to put some money into a business to then get the out- outcome. So I love that you're, you're doing that. And that's like so important for people to hear. So, you know, you guys, you have to go listen to the book and listen to the podcast because you're going to get a lot of really great, great ideas. Stay tuned for a quick message from my sponsor. Hi, my name is Shari Hodis and I'm the president of Aura Limited, a proud all women owned brand marketing and global sourcing agency. Simply put, we provide fashion forward swag for any and all of your branding needs. Please visit us at www.auralimitedspelledout.com. So tell us a little bit about how you came up with the Monica Go, like your travel show. Yeah. So that, it's so funny how sometimes we do things that we don't plan on being a business. Um, so I was living in LA and I was hosting and emceeing festivals and I took a class and basically my teacher said, you know, nowadays to get auditions, people need to see online content. So go create your dream show. 
So I started hiking with my iPhone and, you know, I grew up watching Samantha Brown and the travel channel and I thought, okay, that's my dream show. Um, yeah. so it was really just a way to get auditions. And then I fell in love with it. And at the same time, I, you know, I was in this marriage and I'm thinking, I'm not going to get travel with him. Cause that was another thing he was like, just kidding. I don't like travel. Um, and so I thought <laughs> if I'm not going to get this out of my relationship, I need to get it out of my career. So all of that was kind of happening at the same time. I'm trying to become a host, all of these things. And I realized I was afraid of everything and kind of like the podcast where I started seeing all these experts and these size two girls rock climbing and adrenaline junkies and wingsuits. I was like, what about like the average person that's like afraid right. of heights, but wants to hike. <laughs> um, so it's a lot of like me crying, hanging off cliffs and stuff. Um, but yeah, we have over a hundred episodes now and work with a lot of tourism destinations around the U S showcasing places. And it's been, it's been a wild ride. And of course you say, I'm afraid of things. Let's push it. And then you end up in some really fun situations, but it's been awesome. Oh my God. That's so exciting. So tell everyone where they can find you, find your show, find your book, you know, find the podcast. Um, give us a little bit of that. Cause I know right now people are like, wait, I want to go see that. Where is that? <laughs> yeah. It feels like it's kind of all over the place, right? So everything no, it's is exciting. Yeah. on monicajortega.com and monicagoes.com. And then the show is also on YouTube. Everything on social media is at Monica Goes Show. And the book is on Amazon and my websites. So exciting. Oh my gosh, Monica. Okay. So give my listeners a couple, if you have like some really advice that you live by, it's like your non-negotiables that you've like learned, but like that you're just like, you know, you have, if you want to get here, these are what I strongly suggest. Yeah. So a couple things I always say, you know, the mental health toolkit, I think that that's super easy to build out. Uh, basically the way I do it is I'll just kind of make notes of things that make me happy when I'm feeling like crap, whether it's go for a run or journal it out. So I have sort of this toolkit. So when I start feeling that mental spiral, I can refer back to it. I also write a letter to myself telling myself how amazing I am, all of the things that I've done, all of my accomplishments. So when you get that feeling of I'm a failure, I'm not going anywhere, you have proof that that is not true. You can go back and refer to it. Love and that. then for people in between like careers or just life changes, I could, this is the process I go through. It doesn't work for everybody. So I'll sit down. I do like a 10 minute meditation, but I'll picture my ideal day from the moment I wake up, what is it? What do I smell? Who am I next to? What do I see? Go through like everything, dream job, whatever I'm doing that day. Are there kids? And then I open my eyes, journal it out. Then I create the vision board. So I have like that visual thing. And it's funny because I was very anti woo woo for so long because I'm super type A. So then I combine <laughs> those steps with creating an actual plan. So once I know what my ideal day looks like, I work it backward to the same things that I can do today. So if my ideal day, I get up and I run eight miles, but I can't run, I'll literally like figure out how long it's going to take me. And maybe it's, I walk 20 minutes a day, but that way my morning routine now is the exact same as the morning routine in this ideal dream scenario. Just so a smaller smart. scale. That, and this is what I love. And this is what, this is why you and I also get along. Cause that's what my workshop is. It's making it simple. So like there is a, there's a part of it that does talk about, and it is funny because you know, being a coach, it's always like everyone talks about your morning routine. And when you're first like starting, you're like, okay, well, this is, I don't want to sit there and journal. That's so silly. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do it, but it actually works. It really does work. So if you're sitting there right now listening and being like, nope, I don't want to do that you're not ready yet. And I'm telling you, it's so important. And I know Monica is going to say exactly. It's so important just to take one of those little steps. And that is what I teach people like, okay, you want to get up and like when you have kids and when you have a job, 
Or if you just have a job and you're waking up and you're jumping in the shower and rushing, it's not serving you. If you're waking up right when the kids wake up, it's not serving you because you're not starting the day. So even if you're like, I wish I could wake up five minutes early, right? On Monday, Tuesday, make it six minutes, Wednesday, make it seven and just do it one minute at a time. And all of a sudden you're going to be like, holy crap, I'm I'm 30 minutes early and you're going to feel so much better. I was just going to say, I also schedule out like the night before I'll schedule out the things that I need to do the next day because, uh, like normally, so normally I'll get up at like five, five 30. I'm a morning person, Me too. um, but I was scheduling it out and I'm like, well, shoot to get everything done. I have to get up at four 30, but I wouldn't have like figured that out. And then I would have been rushing today. So it's like, okay, I'll figure out exactly what needs to be done when, and then you write it into a schedule so that you you do have time and then you're not rushing. Right. And that's so important because it is, it's like when you wake up in the morning and you're rushed, like I hate that. I think it's one of like the worst feelings because it really just starts your day crap. Like you don't feel good. Like I wake up at five 30 as well. I actually wake up at five 20. I'm out like ready to work out by five 45. And that's like how I wake up and I have to do it or my day is not, it doesn't, it doesn't work. And I do it five days a week on the weekends. If I have time, I will sleep in. I love to sleep in, especially now that I'm older, I will always still wake up at five 20. I don't even need an alarm. I usually wake up at five and lay there for like a couple minutes, but my body's used to it, but I can on the weekends be like, okay, I'm going to fall back to sleep for an hour. And then I do. And it feels great to be like, okay, I'm not rushing because I don't have anything to do. Right. That if the, if the kids usually their sports are not super, super early in the morning, you know, every once in a while it is. And it's like, okay, I don't have that extra day to sleep in, but that's okay. Cause I know I can do it in a different spot. So I love those tips. Um, and I think it's really important for you guys that are listening just to take one of the tips. If you're like feeling overwhelmed, do one. And, and that's why you and I get along so well, because we do simplify things because it doesn't have to be this, you know, crazy, uh, you know, where you're like jumping into it and you're like, oh, all these steps and then you, you fail. Right. Cause you're like, I can't handle all these steps. So just do one step at a time. Yeah. And if it doesn't work for you, throw it out. You know, I've tried different things. I love self-help books, obviously. I, but, um, you know, I've read some where it's like gratitude lists. They don't work for me. They work for a lot of people. For me, I find it as a way of like, oh, I should just be happy. I have this, this, and this. And so it was actually a negative thing for me. So I don't do that. You know, I don't journal every day, but I journal most days and I have my non-negotiables, my meditation, my Bible study, things like that. But, you know, figure out what works for you and what doesn't. But like you said, you got to try it. Yes. And I don't journal every day. Like I'm dyslexic. So that it's actually hurts my brain. Like I voice text and I'll do things like that. But like sitting down, sitting down to write, like it's, it actually is like a chore and it makes me tired. And I'm like, "Eh, this is not, this doesn't work or writing out the affirmations. Like for me, when I was doing that for a little bit, when I first started coaching, I was like, this is, this is not, not, this is not for me. It's not for me. And I have other coaches that I've worked with in the past that love doing that. They're like, that's like my favorite part. And I'm like, yeah, no, I, you know, I love before I go to bed, I dream about like, okay, this is my ideal life. I do things more like that, but it just comes more natural. I don't need to do that in the morning because I have my routine that works for me, but I have gone through a number of different ones. So as you said, it's not like something that you, if it doesn't work for you, if it doesn't feel right in your gut, don't do it, but give it a try. You have to, you do have to try it and try it for like three times. And then you can basically be like, okay, I, I, I know. I mean, would you agree with that? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've done the same thing. I've tried the affirmations. I've tried the gratitude list. I've tried all the different stuff. And it's like, no, like this is, it either makes me feel negative or it's too woo -woo or whatever it is. But yeah, I have my routine of the vision board, the different things, and then scheduling it out because I'm super type A. And so those things work for me and they make me feel like I'm moving towards something. But yeah, if you're the type of person that needs that self-talk, then affirmations may be great for you. But yeah, you got to try it. Totally. And it's funny because when you say the meditation, so for my, everyone always, you know, you have to do it, you you know, or whatever. It's really good. It's really important when I meditate and someone actually just recently told me, and I was like, you know what? I have to look into that one. Whatever meditation I have done, it always is like where you clear your brain and my brain, the only place my brain is cleared is when I'm on a boat. Like that's literally, I'm like, oh wow, I didn't have a thought. And then I'm like, oh, there's the thought. I cannot stop a thought. Yeah. So that's why I, I know I always need to be near water. I love the ocean. I love the beach. I love water, but even there it doesn't stop. But when I'm on a boat for whatever reason, oh, I love that going fast. And for my husband's 50th, we actually got a boat and it was like really cool. Cause I was like, wow. And I go, guess what? My squirrel is not going Cause my husband calls my brain, the squirrel brain. I was like, it's not going. And it's really cool. I mean, it's not like there's not a thought for an hour. I can't do that. But like, it's when I meditate, I actually get more, sometimes more stressed. Cause then I think of all the things that I have to do, or I'm thinking of trying not to think. And then I like start laughing. Cause I'm like, okay, stop thinking. And then it just gets like this whole weird head game that I do with myself. And I'm like, uh, but so what kind of meditation do you do? Like if you can take us through that a little bit. Yeah. So I'm definitely not an expert on this by any means. And you know, I don't do it every day like I should, but I think that there's a couple different things. So if I really feel that squirrel brain going, <laughs> I'll do like a guided one. So I'll look up on YouTube, find like a 10 minute one, because then I'm listening to that. And that helps a little bit. Yep. Um, sometimes it's literally just me closing my eyes and I'll pick a word like focus and I'll just try really hard to kind of keep saying that over and over again. Uh, sometimes it's a run, you know, yeah. sometimes like, you know what, my brain is not stopping. So I'm going to go for a hike or I'm going to go for a run and that kind of clears out a little bit. So, you know, I don't know if that's technically meditation, but to me it does the same yeah. effect. And it's really just kind of learning how to shut that brain down. But even 10 minutes, if I, if my brain is going everywhere, having that like mindful 10 minutes of, I cannot look at my phone. I cannot look at my schedule. Yes. I can't start anything, whatever it is that helps my day. Even if I feel like I failed at that, my brain was all over the place. It was 10 minutes that I tried and yep. I feel like I'm already on the right path to the day. Yep. And you know, it's funny. Cause I, after I were, after I get my kids off to school, I walk my dogs. Like that's hmm. six, day, six days go. a week. And that's usually like, I, I will listen to music. I'll do, sometimes I'll do clubhouse when I'm doing that or, but so that is a, a spot that I am not, I actually, I create a lot of creative thoughts there which is cool. Like that's when I came up with my podcast and all that stuff. It was on a dog walk. So like, oh, and it's it. funny. Yeah. Sometimes my husband will say like, if I, he sees that I'm scrolling, he's like, I think you need to take a walk. <laughs> I'll be like, yes, I think I do too. If I'm like, you know, just, okay, I need to go here. I need to go there. He's like, just take a walk and then you're going to figure it all out. And I do, it's actually like a really, a really special place. Um, so I love that you said that. So Monica, thank you again for joining us and sharing. Cause you have such insightful information guys. You have to go check out the power of pivoting and your travel show and your podcast. So shout them all out again. So everyone can, that didn't write it down, can, can have it here and it will be in the show notes. 
Yeah, the travel show is Monica Goes, and on YouTube and social media, it's at Monica Goes Show. The podcast is Stumbling Forward. It's available pretty much where all podcasts are. And the book, The Power of Pivoting, How to Embrace Change and Create a Life You Love is available on my website, monicajortega.com and Amazon. Oh my God, that's awesome. Well, Monica, thank you so much again. So I have one question for you. So what does the word crazy town mean to you? I love that word. You know, I always say I like to, you know, own my mess. So that's kind of what it makes me think of. Crazy town is like, you know what? We're just living life fully awake. Yes. Fully awake. I love that. I love when you said that, that literally, that's such a brilliant, a brilliant term. So crazy town to me is like my energy, my family, everything around me is it's like a very endearing. And I love that, that that's what it means, you know, to you, it's about life. So I, I, I totally agree. So thank you again for joining us and, um, can't wait to follow your journey. It's your, Thank you. you're on a really good one. So guys, Thank you. Like, if you like what you heard, you know what to do. Share, rate, review. Also go over to Monica's and give her some love as well. And don't forget to join us next week for Monday and Wednesday. Don't forget we're doing two episodes a week of someone that has followed a passion or hobby and has made it a business. We'll see you guys next week. I hope you liked this episode of Your Next Stop. Please subscribe to my channel, share with your friends, and join in each week. 